Good morning and welcome. You've got Dustin Atwood and Miss Sarah Myers. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You pretty much called the shots on this show, which you <laughs> you alluded to it last week. So we're going to talk about pre-owned cars. Is that kind of what you were wanting to dive into today? That is correct. Well, I came across this article about car prices, mm-hmm. uh, specifically used cars, and how they've been skyrocketing. And of Big course, time. yeah, we've been talking about this quite a bit lately. And it had a list of the vehicles that have seen the largest price increase because of the, you know, skyrocketing prices. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to run over the list okay. with you. There's 10 of them. Awesome. And I wanted to get your intake on the list. And I wanted to see if this was something that was accurate for Missouri. Okay. And I also wanted to know if there was other vehicles specific to our state that we need to be aware of if you are thinking about purchasing a pre-owned vehicle. You know, kind of a, hey, just a heads up, this is going to be a little bit more Mm -hmm. than what you were originally anticipating. So my kind of school of thought of what makes a good pre-owned vehicle is if they are able to continue to run and operate even if somebody neglects them. Does that make any sense? Yeah. And there are cars that will allow you to uh, neglect them. And typically as a buying it secondhand or third or fourth hand down the road, um, those cars a lot of times maybe haven't had the best care by by the time you get third or fourth party down the road. And some will allow that and still be a great car. And then others absolutely will throw a fit, which is where it leaves you walking on the side of the road. Nobody wants that. I mean, I guarantee if you go home today and it leaves you a foot, <laughs> knock on wood, of course, uh, it leaves you a foot, that's going to be a bad deal. Nobody wants that. So I was actually, I glanced at the list. I haven't actually seen that, which is good. We're going to keep this real. Uh, but there was a few on there as I glanced at it last week that I was surprised of because I don't necessarily agree with them. Oh. I know. All right. So let's start. You want to start at 10 and count to one? What are we going to do? Yep. Okay. So first off, I'm going to give you a little backstory here. All right. Um, This is a Fox News article. They started off by saying prices on pre-owned models were up 32.7% or around $7,583. Yeah. And they also stated that coupes, convertibles, and pickups are leading the way with the spike of 41.3%, wow. 40.9%, and 38.6%. My, my, my. And they also said that hatchback cars are at the bottom of the list of price increases mm-hmm. with just 26.3%. So do you agree with that? You know, I do. And and it's sheer demand at this point. So we have a friend of the family, I guess, uh, A1 family, if you will, And I believe he's got a really nice 2017 Chevy pickup he bought brand new. And the dealership has been soliciting him, which I know we've talked about this on the show, that so that's 17, so four or five years old, give or take, depending on when he got it. They will give him every dollar he paid for that in 17 back after driving it for four plus years. That is insane. So yes, I absolutely agree with that. And not only are they going to give him the money back, they're still going to make money selling it to somebody else. Right. So yeah, I think those percentages are very valid, which opens up a lot of folks for, uh, you know, unfortunately like the 
need a vehicle desperation to where you buy something that is very plagued with problems. So in this market, you've got to be even more astute as far as running through the process of buying or looking for a vehicle even more than normal, if that sounds right. Yeah. So cool. So the top 10 vehicles that have seen the largest price increase, okay. we'll start it off with number 10. Number 10. They say the Chevrolet Spark is up 40.6%. I have to believe part of that is due to the fuel prices coming up as well. Because mm -hmm. uh, we had some friends and family um, go out to Colorado and to Washington, and they said gas is over four bucks a gallon oh, out gosh. there right now. That is insane. Yeah, that makes a huge difference. We... Uh, took my diesel pickup and pulled our camper this last weekend i stopped and filled up now i was on e the pump shut off at 95 dollars, and it wasn't full that is awful yeah well i went and got gas oh a couple days ago yeah. it was 294 i believe and i was at a half a tank and it was 22 dollars yeah. at half a tank mm -hmm. and it used to take 22 dollars to, to fill, fill it, it up, up. Yeah. yeah so talk about and i don't want to use the inflation word but we're going to have to um you know that immediately pulls your you know weekly or monthly budget down by roughly 50 percent of what you would have normally spent on fuel prices yeah which is i mean that's directly that comes from somewhere typically you know we cut out fun or you know eating out or you know whatever your extra you know curricular activities are uh, that cuts up immediately right away and goes right to the to the gas and fuel companies. Yeah. And, you know, the craziest part about gas, last weekend, my mom and dad were up by Kansas City and uh, in the Maryville area. So yeah. the northern part of the state, they said that gas was 268. Really? Wait, I know, which blows my mind. It was cheaper in Kansas City than what it was here in Springfield. You know, it's almost like they have a, a set of dice and they just roll them <laughs> yeah. and like, oh, yeah, today we're going to give you a deal and tomorrow you're going to pay for it. Yeah, they just rotate it around the state. Something. <laughs> I'm just glad we're not at four bucks a gallon. Even in the diesel market, I don't know, that's got to put diesel close to five out there in Colorado. Colorado yeah. and, and you know out in the western states I'm sure eastern wise it's probably the same way if not worse so I'm very thankful to live in the central part of the country so the spark um I don't believe that's a good car to buy really I really don't so they have some engine development issues that we do a lot of service work on those vehicles so if you have a spark doesn't mean I'm hating on it doesn't mean you know, just, you know, disregard it, but it definitely means you need to be on the front side of any repairs and maintenance need to be done. Otherwise, you'll come in and the the consequences are a very large repair bill that maybe you're not expecting. So if I was looking for a vehicle, I would personally pass and I would advise our customers most of the time to pass on those. If you do have the option or you have one of those vehicles already, they have some that are forced induction, which basically means they have a turbo. Your your little uh, cruise has got a turbo yeah. on it. Fun to drive, right? Mm -hmm. Good fuel economy. But it has some plagued issues that they're trying to figure out how to fix some of that stuff. Um, they make some that are naturally aspirated, which basically means they're non-turbo. They're not quite as spirited to drive, and they don't get near the fuel economy, but I see a lot of less uh, uh, catastrophic issues out of those. 
So does that help that I'm I'm pooping on your top ten list? Well, I mean, I guess. So <laughs> maybe it'll get better as we move. Well, I up hope here. so. I hope so. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to number nine, okay. which is the Ford Mustang. Oh yeah, it has seen a price increase of forty one point three percent. I know this is going to be a shocker to everybody out there, but I'm a huge fan of the Mustang platform. Oh yeah, I really like those cars. As a taller, uh, larger gentleman, um, they're pretty comfortable to get in and out of. Um, as well as the later model ones for maybe somebody more petite, the gas pedals will come out of the floor at you. So you can keep your distance from the steering wheel more comfortable instead of having to be right up on it so you can reach the pedals. That's a huge issue for me. I am Mm 5'4 and a half. And a half. Don't forget the half. (laughs) Yeah, it's important. So that's a huge issue for me. I have to get really close. Yeah. To the steering wheel and it's I always try to like back up a little bit and I, I just don't feel comfortable yeah so uh, that's cool I didn't know that so most of your late model and that's not just uh, limited to the Mustang platform um, that beautiful f-350 sitting out there by the way I can tell you that it has pedals that will rise to fit you and so whether you're you know I'm about six three probably on a good day um, or five four and a half you can adjust that to where that's very comfortable. So the Mustang platform is a great one. The engine and drivetrain in those really has not got a lot of plagued problems. The chassis and suspension on those is really well set up. Um, I'm sure, and since we're talking about the Mustangs, I have to talk about all the memes for the Mustangs. That's about the only flaw for the Mustangs. Have, have you seen all the memes out there? Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I've seen quite a few yeah, of them. Yeah, where everybody spins out because they can't drive the Mustang. And I will say... Um, I am a huge V8 fan, but the Mustang has put a six-cylinder out there, and everybody kind of turns their nose up at the six-cylinder. But those cars run extremely well, very spirited and fun to drive, um, and really not give you a lot of trouble. You know, we do service work on them, but I don't typically have a lot of them failed uh, or come in on a tow truck, if you will, as well as... I have seen those vehicles be neglected and beat on like nobody's business because everybody thinks they're a race car and still perform many, many trouble-free miles, which is incredible. So that is a great one. I honestly would put that one up above, you know, number nine. Hmm, Okay. Yeah. Well, let's see about number eight. Okay. We've got our first truck. Okay. I'm a truck guy. It is a GMC Sierra 1500. 41.3% increase. Yes. Extremely sought after. And for good reason. Um, You know, we talk a lot, and Sarah, maybe you have picked up on it, or I've probably just, you know, talked about it so much. You're like, oh, my gosh. But the generations, you know, when they make something new, that truck has had some generations, but the guts of that truck has been the same for many years. So they have refined that, and there's not a lot of experimental stuff in there. So, yeah, if I was buying one of those trucks, I actually, my uh, my service truck is a 2012 with a 6-liter gas engine in it. Thing's been a rock star, so super-duper happy with that. I, I think that one would be a fantastic truck for somebody to buy out there secondhand. So we need to take a break. So we've made it how many? Nine? Eight? We are on number eight. Number we'll eight? come back with number seven. Awesome. All right, welcome back. You've got us now with A1 Custom Car here. Always joined in studio for many years at this point with Miss Sarah Myers. We're running down a top 10 list of, 
you know, good options for pre-owned. And this is from Fox News, I think, is where this come from. Is that right, Miss Sarah? Yep. So this is not our list, but we're giving our two cents on these, and, and hopefully this helps out there. So what do we got? Uh, so we've done a uh, GM product. Chevy Spark was number 10. Uh, we did number eight was the Mustang. Nope. Number nine was Mustang. Mustang. Number eight was the GMC Sierra 1500. Okay. Number seven. Which that leads us into the Audi A5. <sighs> it has seen a 41.8 price increase. So I'm going to poop on a lot of parades right here. Um, I am not a fan of folks buying uh, pre-owned European import vehicles. So that would be the Audi, um, which is a parent company or part of Volkswagen, by the way. Volkswagen, I would put in that same list. BMW, Mercedes, um, those are pretty much the highlights. Land Rover, Range Rover, that kind of stuff. Um, Typically, those cars are developed to run on the Autobond. Um, and I'm not completely hating on Audi. Uh, I like some things that they do, but just yesterday I had one in, and the car was probably, I'm going to say, 12 to 15 years old. It was an Audi A6, so it was a similar chassis. It basically needed the brake system rebuilt. All the parts were special order. Right now in today's t day and age, if you have an oddball or non-typical vehicle, it's going to take longer and it's going to cost more money. Even the aftermarket parts that I ended up getting, they did not fit correctly. Oh, no. Yeah. So what normally would have been probably an $800 repair on most cars, that one was a $2,400 repair. So I'm giving you real stuff. You know, I don't talk about prices on here very much, but I, I think it is important or there's merit. The cost of ownership and the variety of technicians that are capable of working on that a, is much less on the technician side and much higher on the cost of, cost of ownership. With that being said, it does not surprise me because those cars are extremely stylish. They're good-looking cars. They drive and handle very well. I've had a lot of customers that once they buy an Audi, Audi um, they typically won't go away from them. They'll continue to buy those because they like the spirited driving, how they handle. They're very well-put-together cars. They're just expensive to own. So if you're looking for a second car or a new driver or, you know, a fun car on the weekend, just know that owning that car is going to cost you more. So I won't say no, don't buy it, uh, but you need to be informed on what you're getting yourself into. You think that helps folks out there, Sarah? I definitely okay. think so. Cool. And especially whenever you're talking prices for specific parts yep. that are specialty. Yeah. And you better have more patience as well. I know I kind of said that, but, you know, like with your car, Ryan's truck, you know, we pretty much get anything today. Yeah. That one, you might wait two, three, four weeks, depending on what it is right now. And that's hard. What if I said, hey, you can't have your car back for three or four weeks? What would you do? You know, um, thankfully, we have a fleet of vehicles with that's the true. station. Okay. But that would still be very, very difficult, you yeah. know, and it's hard to drive a station vehicle. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just makes me a little bit more nervous because that really 100% isn't my vehicle. Right. I would have to take extra precautions on it mm -hmm. and too um a lot of our station vehicles set mm -hmm. quite a bit you know we take them out for if there's breaking news yep. we take them out for events and things like that and with covid 
I mean, it's been very few and far between on the events. We're That's slowly really... starting to, to get more, but, you know, they set for quite some time last yeah, year. They sure did. And sitting, you know, we've done a lot. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, people a lot of times won't buy pre-owned vehicles because they got high miles on them. Well, you know, sometimes if they sit a lot and they got super duper low miles, that's as hard, if not harder than somebody that's, you know, running that thing up and down the highway for a long time. So you kind of got to pick a good mix. You don't want a car that's been sitting for years or months. Um, or if you do make sure you get a good deal and know that you're going to have to put some investment in it. And then if you look at one super duper high miles, that's not always a bad thing. So you really kind of need to do your homework on both sides of that. So yeah. that's a great point, Sarah. All right. Number six. Number six. Lincoln Navigator. It's seen a 42.4% price increase. So I wonder who put these this order together because I don't want to be the pooping on all the parties. But no, I do not agree that that's a great vehicle to buy. I see why. Same uh, school of thought um, on why. Very stylish. Very luxurious. Um, typically the navigators will haul you know a fair amount of occupants and do a little bit of towing but the cost of ownership on a lincoln navigator is more than what it should be um, which i believe is what has driven those prices up is is their styling and profile yeah so. i was gonna say you know most people mm -hmm. whenever they're purchasing a new vehicle or even a pre-owned one they don't necessarily have the same thought process as, right. as you do because you think how much is this going to cost uh -huh. and parts and labor and things like yep. that. But a lot of people who maybe just are going out to purchase one, they're like, man, this looks pretty good. Yeah. And and a lot of times you're exactly right. It's an emotional decision. Mm -hmm. And the dealers know that, you know, they got them cleaned up and shining yeah. and the wheels going. And, you know, if it's got a good stereo or tinted windows, they're touting all that. Um, so the decision a lot of times is that, hey, I like the vehicle. And then the reason that it's so forefront for me is cost of ownership is I get the 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 backside of that where somebody comes in with these unexpected, hey, this is a problem. This is going to cost this much money. And then, you know, I get to lack of a better term, you know, that slaps them in the face when they're not ready for that. And yeah. so that's what we're trying to do here today with your top 10 list. So definitely um, the, the Lincoln, any uh, Lincoln has got some good vehicles, Navigator, not so much. I would be careful on that one. Okay. So number five, number five, we've got the Ram pickup 1500. Aha. We've seen a 42.6% increase. Mm -hmm. So uh, before I step in it too far, you're a Dodge fan or you grew up in a Dodge family. Is that right? I did. And they have some great stuff out there. But Chrysler or Mopar or Fiat Mopar at this point or Ram, you know, you can't even call it a Dodge anymore. It's just Ram. Yeah. They have been owned by a fair amount of different folks in the last couple of three decades. So up until the mid-90s, that would have been Daimler Chrysler, which put out a lot of good products. I'm sure that's, you know, what your folks had, you know, even into the mid-2000s if you bought a you know, 99 Dodge vehicle, they were pretty good vehicles. Um, I think we did quite a bit of discussion on Lee Iacocca here a little while back. Yeah. And he really saved Dodge or Daimler Chrysler from the brink of bankruptcy and being no more. And then I believe uh, mid-90s, he got out of it. They kept on with a lot of his development at that point, which would have been the K-Car 
Um, he was also a big factor in the Mustang. He had previously worked for Ford Motor Company. Uh, but he developed the K car, the minivan. Um, they bought up AMC, which came with the Jeep platform, so the Grand Cherokee. Um, and then I believe he may have been in there during the time of Dodge adopting the 5.9 Cummins, which for most of my Dodge people out there, that's the feather in their cap is that, yeah, the only way you get a Cummins out of one of these vehicles is to buy a Dodge for the most part. So definitely good, I would say, uh, you know, even 80s, 90s, 2000s, really good vehicles. They switched hands and went into a group. Uh, it was like five million or billion or trillionaires owned the company. So it was privately owned for a while. Mercedes bought it after that. And now Fiat has it. So with that being said, as a technician or a company, uh, as we work on them, the technology that went into all those has been changed drastically so still a great truck not hating on them too much have had transmission issues is probably my biggest concern with those but fairly easy to work on parts are available uh pretty dependable honestly um some of the interior plastic i i wish they would have done a better job developing that um but decent truck i think that's a good one and i see why the value's there because it has been, you know, a mainstay um, for decades at this point as far as Dodge and their truck line. So that was a windy answer, was it not? <laughs> well, you know what? It was helpful. I hope so. Okay, so you didn't agree with number six, so you're probably not going to agree with number four. Oh. It is the Lincoln Navigator L. Yeah. It has increased 44.2%. So, and I didn't want to get even more windy on that, but... So those are basically like Ford Explorer and Expedition platforms with a lot better trim package. But what they also did is they upgraded to a different engine platform that does not allow you to, you know, just run the vehicle without being impeccable on your maintenance. So that's really where it falls in is they give typically a bigger engine platform with new technology in it. And folks don't know that. They think it's just like it was what they used to own. I just need to change the oil once in a while and I'm fine. Those vehicles will not tolerate that. So you crammed a bigger, higher horsepower engine in there, which is more difficult to work on and more expensive. So that's why my biggest kind of hating on those things is um, just know the cost of ownership is going to be there. We need to take a break. What number are we at, Sarah? We are going to finish it up. We are going to come back with number three. Awesome. All right, Dustin Atwood, Sarah Myers here in the studio going through a top 10 list that Fox put together. And I think we're going to ad-lib some of this stuff, but I want to make sure and get through the rest of the list. Miss Sarah, where are we on the list? So we are on number three okay. of used car prices that have skyrocketed for specific makes and models. Okay, okay. So number three is the Chevy Camaro. It has seen a 45.1% increase. So are you a fan of the Camaro? I'm indifferent on You're it. You're indifferent on it, really? Yeah. I'm indifferent. That surprises me. I, most people either love it or they're like, eh, you know, nah, no thanks. I like the Camaro. I definitely see why people have done it. I was shocked when Chevrolet discontinued it for a little while and then brought it back. Um, 
you know, that's been a mainstay since, you know, the late 60s at this point. Uh, took a little brief hiatus there. Good engines, good transmission, steering. My only problem that I have, um, they're built for shorter people, the later model, new body style. And there is a blind spot that for whatever reason, like I said, I'm a little over six feet, six, three-ish. And uh, there's a horrible blind spot on that car. So it's not uber comfortable, um, but definitely a well put together car, very stylish. Uh, their six and eight cylinder options have plenty of horsepower, good fuel economy. Parts are pretty easy to work on. The cool thing with the Camaros is if you do want to upgrade and have some uh, customization done, those are very supported vehicles. It's kind of like owning a Glock. Uh, if you if you want aftermarket mods, Glock is your vehicle. You want after or your your uh, chosen firearm. If you want a good modded vehicle, a Mustang or Camaro, both are going to fall in that category. So good call for number three. All right, number two. Dun, I have dun, a dun, dun. feeling that you're not going to agree with it. Kay. We'll see. Number two is Mercedes Benz nope. G Class, forty six point three percent increase. That is a lot. Yeah, a forty six point three percent increase. Those are really cool looking vehicles um and they need to be because they're going to be broke down in your driveway most of the time (laughs) yep and you know we were talking a little bit on the break your point is that this list must have been done somewhere other than the midwest because some of these on here have got to be you know california new york that kind of stuff so yeah i'm i'm definitely saying that's not a good option by far and the fact that somebody listed it as number two and even if they based their listing off of, you know, how many are actually being sold and for what price, I cannot believe people are paying that for those vehicles. You know, I would be interested because I, I have a feeling that this is probably either L.A. or New York based because, yep. you know, Fox News has a couple of different main headquarters. So I would wonder what the price increase would be compared to like L.A. versus Kansas that, City. That's a good point. I think that would be really interesting to kind of see. That is a good, good point. Yeah, I definitely, as far as Mercedes, buying a used Mercedes more than six years old is a really, um, it's a bad spot to be in. So we are down to number one. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. The vehicle that has seen the most price increased on the used car lot at 48.1%. That's big dollars right there. Yeah, no kidding. Is the Nissan Leaf. Wow. So you know the Nissan Leaf is completely electric. There is no gasoline engine in that vehicle. I did not know that. They are a little bit kind of like a bug, and they did that intentionally for aerodynamics. They uh, basically bulged the headlights out to break the air resistance of the mirrors on the outside of the vehicle which i'm totally nerding out at this point initially when i saw that vehicle i pretty much turned my nose up at it and i was like no way what did somebody make and why but i did some service work on one a few years ago and i drove the vehicle And the torque curve on an all-electric drivetrain is absolutely immediate. So instead of you driving a vehicle and, like, having to accelerate and come into where its power band is, um, this vehicle is in full power band the moment you touch the accelerator. And so what does that mean? It's a fun vehicle to drive, and you don't stop at any gas stations. 
I uh, I got I'm getting some love for that vehicle, honestly, and I'm not a big Nissan fan in general. Um, I've done tons and tons and tons of service work on them. Very familiar with them. Very educated on them. But the all-electric vehicles um, are not mandated to release parts and service as of yet. So getting somebody to work on those, you pretty much have to go back to the dealer, whether it's a Tesla, Nissan, etc. If it's a hybrid vehicle, those fall under the Right to Repair Act, and you can get anybody to do the service work if you're a DIY person and know what you're doing. I cannot stress that enough because there's high voltage in those systems or high amperage, which will kill you. You've got to know what you're doing in order to do service work on those and continue your education. But the LEAF, I could definitely see, especially back to your point earlier with the gas prices. I know we covered that. Um, you know, I honestly have been kind of batting around the idea of buying a Tesla, honestly, personally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was in Joplin. I think maybe we shared and talked about this a couple weeks ago. They, uh, there's a charging station there. I think you can do a full 300-mile quick charge um, for like, I don't know, 12 bucks or something. So the cost, you know, is, is pretty interesting. You've got to install a quick charger or charge setup in your home. Uh, they talked about how cheap that was. Um, I know uh, I've been diving into the, the infrastructure bill. I'm sure that's been a hot topic lately. Uh, whether you love it, hate it, or think it's a complete pile of flaming dog poo on your porch, uh, a big part of that is going to be putting these charging stations. So the, the our culture, it's going to be something more uh, normal, if you will. So that's kind of my thought on all that. Well, going back to is this list pretty accurate for Missouri, while you were explaining about the Nissan Leaf, I mm-hmm. was just kind of curious to see what prices were f- in Springfield sure. for a new or a used one. Let me tell you, I've went to like five or six different links. Cannot find a used one. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a hot topic or hot commodity, I guess, if you will, and topic. But uh, if you can't find a used one, that's driven the prices way, way up. So, you know, I think there is some validation to what Fox put together. Um, you know, your mileage may vary depending on what part of the country you're in, basically. Mm-hmm. So what are some vehicles in Missouri, or mm-hmm. specifically Springfield, if yep. you are looking for a used car, which ones are you seeing that are definitely seeing a price increase? So we talk a lot about technology changes. And from 2011, 2012 and newer, you're having a lot of trouble with those vehicles and keeping them on the road. 2011 or 2010 and older those those technologies have been refined so i'm not talking about going back into the 90s so basically your your vehicles from 2000 on up those vehicles if you look at the most reliable vehicles out there almost every one of them is like an 08 09 etc whether it's toyota honda uh your gm products as well Uh, Ford, of course, uh, some of your Dodge platforms, depending on who owned it at that time. Those are the vehicles that are very, very sought after. So the Chevy pickups that are, you know, 2000-ish models, the Ford pickups, Dodge pickups, your SUVs, the Ford Escape without the 3-liter V6 in it, which is the four-cylinder, I think it's a 2.4-liter. Those are amazing vehicles, very, very sought after. Um... Your Honda CRV, your Honda Pilot, 
Um, pretty much any of your Honda sedans, very, very uh, sought after. The price is up there pretty good. Uh, I did some hating on Lincoln today, but the Lincoln um, town car, um, some of their, uh, you know, 4.6 liter um, platforms are very, very good platforms. So there's some good options for you there. Um, Toyota, I'm sure I covered pretty much most of those. And even some of your Hyundai and Kia there, I'm going to blend those into the same category. Uh, definitely great, dependable vehicles. Very, very big fan of those. So, um, that would be what I'd see around here. We see more trucks, more four wheel drive SUVs and whatnot. That's definitely a good option for us. That's what I figured because it makes more sense that we would have more vehicles with four wheel drive Mm -hmm. or, you know, pickups. We obviously have cattle we've got Mm -hmm. more farming and agriculture we've got a lot more winter weather yes and so those vehicles are definitely going to be a hot commodity Mm -hmm. because of what they can do versus um like a a vehicle that is like a coupe or a sunroof type vehicle convertible yeah yeah, etc that was the word i was looking for thank you (laughs) but yeah Yeah, i mean that would make more sense if you were in a state that has a lot more sun Mm -hmm. you know kind of like your la's your your Texas, yep. your down south, Florida, versus, you know, it, w- it wouldn't make as much sense yeah. in a state that sees more winter weather six months out of the year. Well, and and kind of that flip side or trade-off, you know, we deal with, you know, obviously four-wheel drive, but lifted and leveled trucks mm-hmm. more often than what you're going to see in, say, L.A. Now, you may see them out there, um, but they actually get used here. Yes. It's not just something, oh, I got a lifted truck to get me to the grocery store. It's, no, I got a lifted truck because I need to get out to the pasture through the creek or, you know, hey, I like to do trail riding just as much as anybody else out there. It's a blast. And we have the ability and the the uh, infrastructure or the environment around here that we can do that in and have a ball doing it. And so you see the capabilities of the vehicles aftermarket-wise more utilized here in the Midwest. So... Excellent. I think we got one more segment. We'll kind of wrap this show up here after this. Welcome back. Of course, Dustin Atwood, Miss Sarah Myers. We're going to wrap this show up and we're going to kind of bring it full circle. So once you own the car, hopefully you picked a good one. Um, and if you do need some service work, Miss Sarah come up with a article showing not only our car prices going up, but the cost of parts is going up as well. So did you kind of reflect over some of this? Yeah. So I read through it. I thought, oh, no, I got to show this to Dustin. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get your input on it. Yeah. If this is something that you guys are definitely seeing around the shop. Oh, yeah. And uh, if there's specific vehicles, I'm sure it probably goes hand in hand with the list that we just had. Yep. But yeah, definitely wanted to get your input on it. So it's showing here, it looks like at least a 5%, which honestly, from what I'm seeing, is probably pretty conservative. And it's not going to stop there. There's a lot of car parts that I talk with a lot of vendors, manufacturers that are sitting off offshore in shipping containers because, you know, we couldn't make them here in the States for whatever reason. Uh, but they're sitting off. They're sitting offshore. There we go. 
uh, in shipping containers and waiting to come through customs and come into each one of our ports. And then, you know, obviously get them received so they have to go through customs and a port wherever it is that they're coming from. And it's driving the cost up drastically as well as it's lengthening the time or making it more difficult to get the parts in a reasonable amount of time. So uh, everybody knows about the chip shortage. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. Personal story here, we had a customer needed a PCM, which is a powertrain control module, basically the computer for the engine. I think it took us almost two months to receive that. And that's a big, big deal. So it's coming on in a hurry. It's affecting everybody. Our service advisors are absolute rock star parts hounds. And they are not going to sacrifice buying a cheap junkie part um, just to get it. We have continued to seek out um, through every avenue. And we have many to make sure that we're getting the good quality stuff that's taking care of everybody out there and that we have confidence in. Um, Looks like in your article, um, they reference AutoZone, uh, Vance Auto Parts. So big, big parts. Uh, I mean, these are the powerhouses Mm -hmm. in the industry. Of course, we have O'Reilly Auto Parts as the home here in Springfield. A super, I think they're, if not number one, they're at least number two. Um, So these are the shock callers of the parts world, and they're speaking about the inflation, basically, because that's that's what I got to chalk this up to. Don't you agree? Yeah, bring it. So since we have O'Reilly right here in the... Uh, backyard of Springfield, if you will, do we see a little bit lower prices versus having to, you know, get it shipped across the state or even across the nation? So, yes, um, they have helped keep some of the prices down. They have also helped because, you know, there's many of you out there that probably are employed or have been employed by O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're a big employer here in Springfield. And they have huge warehouses of stockpiles of parts. So, you know, depending on what it is, we choose to get it from different vendors. There's a lot of times I will go to an OE supplier, which is an original equipment, basically. Um, But, you know, O'Reilly's is in our backyard. So big, big part of our community. Um, One thing, and I think we do have a little time left or we just, okay. The part of the parts world that we were referring to and then Sarah's list of vehicles and and some of my agreed with and some of my didn't part of that is because in our area there is not a local dealership that will support those vehicles so for instance we had a customer here recently who um, moved down here I think from Michigan that lived very close to a Land Rover dealer well our closest Land Rover dealer I believe is in Tulsa so if you need any support, service, et cetera, um, obviously that you know we won't provide as far as an independent aftermarket repair facility, we have to order all that stuff from Tulsa, which takes time, costs money, et cetera, et cetera. So same thing goes, there's no Audi dealer here in Springfield. There's a, there is a Mercedes dealer, but if you have a Mini, which is also Mercedes, if you will, um, they're not going to deal with you. You have to go Tulsa for that vehicle, and there's a ton of those running around Springfield. So a lot of those that I have concerns with is because our uh, demographic or our area, those are not popular vehicles. They're not supported vehicles. They're not stuff that's serviced, so nobody stocks anything for those, which makes your repair process a little bit more difficult. So it's not that we can't or won't or don't, 
but I have to have these discussions over and over with people that previously owned something that was easily serviced. And so it's kind of a learning curve or education process of this is what it takes to keep your high-end vehicle going now. That makes sense. So definitely a big thing to consider is what kind of support. I know when I was looking to buy a tractor, one of my biggest things, and depending on you know what you do Google-wise, is the support of your local dealer is the mm-hmm. biggest thing. Whether you have a good dealer, maybe there is a dealer, but maybe they uh, you know can barely fog a mirror. So when you go in there, they're no help to you. That's a big, big thing. You want to make sure you've got good, good support, um, even if there is a dealership close. Yeah. So what do you think about all that? I mean, that definitely makes sense. Does it scare the bejesus out of you (laughs) if you got to go buy another vehicle? No, because I'll talk to you. Fair enough. I appreciate (laughs) that. Uh, I have a lot of folks that do come to us, talk to me personally, some of our other folks as well. They, They handle a ton of that. And a lot of people get discouraged because as we went through that list, I'm like, nope, nope. Nope. Eh, maybe. Nope. And so sometimes we'll go through six to eight vehicles, I would say, is an average that we'll look at. Um, there are, you know, times where maybe the first or second, but a lot of times we will um, pull those out of the running. And sometimes, like I said, six to eight before we give our blessing, basically, that that is a good vehicle to buy. The people that stick through the, through the process, I guarantee, and I've seen it time and time again, uh, end up with a good vehicle the folks that get discouraged and after i've said no a couple of times and then they just buy whatever unfortunately i continue to see that bite people in the butt big time and we do our best to help i really do um, because now you've got all your money tied up in something that needs more investment and that's a tough spot to be in yeah i would much rather have to go through you know six or seven vehicles and find the right one versus you know buying a lemon yeah or something that's just not going to work for me i would much rather do that because it is what your second most expensive it investment it may be your first i mean if yeah. you looked at new vehicle prices holy mm-hmm. cow you could buy two or three homes for what a truck costs yeah. anymore it is crazy and you know i really love the fact that a1 does those inspections mm-hmm. on pre-owned vehicles that is so smart and that is so helpful so you don't have to run into major problems yeah. right after you put down you know x amount of money yeah well, the reason you know it was i don't want to say it was a you know it wasn't that we were looking for another service to provide out there is that we we continuously ended up with the consequences from you know unforeseen things that weren't super just out blatantly obvious um, and then the folks are like, oh, well, what do I do now? Or had I known this before, I wouldn't have bought this. You know, people have names for their cars and sometimes they're bad. You know, I wouldn't have bought this lemon. Um, you know, and so we thought, okay, well, how do we do this? So we have different tiers. And if it doesn't pass the first tier, which is a, you know, pretty good in depth, you know, kind of, uh, you know, raise it up on the rack, give a good visual inspection. If it doesn't make it past that, then we don't go on to the tier two and three. You know, we're not going to waste our time and, and somebody's money doing that. If uh, I can't tell you how many cars that looked beautiful on the outside that were either plagued with rust or been in collisions and had poor collision repairs that were like, nope, this is not a good rig, pass on this. And so that's definitely been um, more of a, hey, we don't want people in that boat versus, you know, another service that we're looking for. This was a necessity for, for our customers. So that's yeah. kind of where it comes from. 
Well, that's smart. Yeah. And I, I know that in the next couple of years, I'm going to have to go through that. So I'm excited to sit and talk with you on yeah. what is going to be the right fit for me. Because my needs are going to change. They are. I'm going to need something with four-wheel drive. Super excited. Something that has great gas mileage and mm-hmm. something that can get me from point A to point B. Yeah, maybe tow some fun stuff once in a while yeah. and, you know, be able to do the, uh, you know, the extracurricular activities. You know, we live in a beautiful part of the, the country. Lots of fun things to do, and then a lot of work to get done as well. You know, you're going to have some, you're going to have to haul whatever building materials or landscaping stuff. So that's a big, big deal. Yep. Heck yeah. All right. Well, we have got a little under a minute okay. left. So I guess we can pre sell our show for next week. Heck yeah. I don't have anything planned. Do you? You know, it has been so brutally hot, and I had some AC stuff that was kind of a DIY thing that happened this week. Uh oh. And I definitely want to get into some of the maybe do's on the DIY and maybe some of the don'ts. So I think that's going to be next week's show. That is super smart. And of course, if you guys have any questions, mm-hmm. comments, doesn't matter how big or small you can reach out to us you can send us a text message text message (laughs) on our text line our phone number is 447-5743 or you can shoot a message to the ksgf facebook page and of course you know we'll always answer those questions for you absolutely all right i hope you have a good rest of your weekend everybody out there as well be safe bye see ya